0: I wanted to focus on what was best for the business. And it just reminded me again and again that like to start something, you either need time or money. Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour Podcast, brought to you by Boss Project. I've been doing an experiment the last 12 months. I wanted to prove that even after nearly a decade, that the same principles would still apply and still work and still allow you to build a business that allows you to earn a reasonable salary and pay for the life that you live. When I started my business, I replaced my corporate salary in 30 days after I was laid off. And within eight months, I generated $100,000. And then four months later, I doubled it. A lot about this world has changed in the last eight years. Technology is different. Social media is wildly evolving. But could you build a business following the same principles all of these years later? In August of last year, I quietly reopened the agency side of my business, and I called it BP Studio. And in 12 months, I generated $264,000 in revenue from high-end services without any paid ads, without social, without any trendy marketing strategies. This growth has been 100% from organic efforts and warm leads that were already in my network. And if I did it once and I did it all over again, eight years later, how did I do it? What changed and why? I can't wait to dive into all of this in today's episode. That being said, there is so much that I could not possibly fit into this short time together. There's so much more that I want to break down and give you access to. And if you want the full breakdown, the full training, I'm doing an exclusive training for co-op members super soon that's going to walk through every detail, everything I couldn't possibly fit into this episode exactly how I went from zero to 264,000 in 12 months with high-end services. So if you want access to the full training, then I would love for you to join us as a co-op member. You can head to bossproject.com slash untitled to hear a little bit more about my philosophy for building businesses online and more details about the new and exciting benefits that we just rolled out for co-op members. That's bossproject.com slash untitled. So let's break it down. How did I do it? I started with the exact same principles that I teach. The very first thing I did before I sold anything to anyone, before I posted anything to anywhere, before I sent any emails to my warm list, before I told any clients anything, I sat down and I looked at what would this need to reasonably generate for it to be worth my company's time and attention? And on average, how much would a client project need to bring in for me to be able to afford the overhead for my life, my team's lives, and everything that goes into running this business. Because as you scale, you have to include more factors. You have to include more variables into that calculation. And I wanted to be sure that I incorporated all of the needs that would come up as I'm building my business to make sure that I wasn't just giving us a sinking hole. Like it had to not just be A positive experience and a fantastic experiment, but it was going to be so much of my team's time that I needed to ensure that it was actually going to be profitable and worth it. I then focused on the types of services that we could provide that would fill that bucket. Specifically, on average, how much time could we spend on a project and how much money would it need to generate? But I didn't think about all the things we could do. I thought about the types of things we're great at. What are the things that we are naturally talented in? What areas does our team shine? What is my background and expertise? Where would I consider myself a strategist? Where have I spent the good portion of my career? How could I add value to my clients? What are the things I already know without learning new skills? to be able to achieve those things. Because there's a lot of things I could do with an agency, and especially with a team, I could go out and do all sorts of things. But I specifically wanted to model the same suggestions that I provide to people who are both getting started and scaling. Because there's a tipping point. When you get past a million dollars in revenue, you can make different choices about the types of services that you provide. You can go after and build an agency that accomplishes things that you personally do not know how to do yourself. But that was not in alignment with the philosophies that I teach to people who aren't there yet. And I knew that I needed to model that behavior. And so that's exactly what I did. I wrote down a list of all the things we could do absolutely every service we could provide, all of the areas that I felt I was most equipped at, everything I thought Emily was great at, everything I thought my lead designer could do, everything that I thought my copywriter would be talented in. And I spent time really trying to dive into what are the commonalities. And I still focused primarily on where I was personally going to be the most equipped to provide the service myself if I needed to and or guide my team to do it in the way that I felt was most effective for our clients? How could I lead them there? How could I provide a framework that was the boss project way, you know, that was our method that was going to help clients get the best results? And instead of narrowing down to one signature service that we could provide, I needed to test what the market wanted. And that's exactly how I would share it with you. Don't start with one service. Don't start with one offer. I'm not saying that you should go out and have a gajillion things on the list. The first time I did this, the first time I built a business online... I didn't really have any parameters around it. My background was in design. I had gone to school to be a graphic designer. I had got my fine art education. And I had spent 8 years plus in the industry working in agency, in-house marketing departments, in a startup environment, working in private sector, working in public works, like everything, right? And when I started my business... I didn't give myself initially many parameters. As long as it fit in the like design and somewhat marketing bucket, then I was willing to at least potentially pursue it. And if I needed to price things out, like if there was a deliverable for it, I would work with a printer or whatever to figure out what I needed to charge to make it worth my time. But this go round, I definitely wanted to narrow in a little bit. I didn't necessarily want to have a, we can do anything <laughs> for all the things. I didn't think that was going to be helpful. And so I think for you, you can go either approach. I think you could either go really wide, but focus on a skill set. Is it web design? Is it copywriting? Is it photography? Is it floral? Is, I mean, literally anything. It doesn't matter what the background is, but focus on the skill And then the services like fit around the skill. I think you can be open (laughs) about what that looks like initially. And that's definitely how I would suggest you start because while you have ideas on what you're best at, I think it's very helpful for you to see what people gravitate towards. Present these things in a really polished and professional way and see what resonates with people. Why and where do they want to work with you? What do they see you bringing to the table? And yes, you should have ideas on the problems that you're solving and the way that this will help your clients because presenting that problem and solution is essential to ultimately having a successful sale. However, I do think the breadth and width of these things can be wider initially. And a lot of what you're being told, especially to start or to build is to get crazy specific. And I do think there is a point in which specificity is helpful and important, but not necessarily to begin. Okay. I think there's specificity that needs to come as an evolution and definitely something that I have done. And I even did in the matter of a year. And one year, I have definitely gone from a wide variety to a very clear and narrow focus. For you, it may take two or three or even five years to get to a more narrow focus. But I think having some initial data can help you really make an educated decision rather than You just guessing what the market wants from you. And I knew I needed that feedback. I knew I needed to know what was selling, what were people saying they were interested in? And if I pitched the thing, what were people like actually buying? Like, what were people actually getting a contract for? And so initially, we had a pretty wide variety of things. We did offer web design, that was the initial main intent of. Think Creative Collective before it was Boss Project. I built and have built websites for almost 20 years now, which is honestly a little insane. But nonetheless, web design specifically is a huge passion of mine. And I know how effective and helpful it can be. I also knew that we could offer a lot around strategy. We literally have a podcast called The Strategy Hour for a reason. And I didn't necessarily have a specific focus initially on what the subject matter of the strategy sessions could look like or would look like. We initially were thinking it could be one or it could be like a 30-day intensive and include multiple. And we offered both of those things initially. We also included things like system setup for both project management and CRM tools like Dubsado additional copywriting services and SEO optimized blog posts. And I mean, it was pretty full service. The one thing we didn't really get into a whole lot was social. I think we've did one or two projects on the social front, but I didn't necessarily think that was our while we are good at it and have built a large community on social platforms. I didn't think that was going to be the thing that would unlock results for our clients. And so it felt out of alignment for me to pursue it from the agency perspective. That being said, I know a lot of you run agencies that produce social for your clients. But I think our clientele is simply different. You know, I we have a client who that is her industry. She specifically does strategy for social marketing primarily and her clients have brick and mortars. And so social is a primary means for foot traffic. You know, some of these people are running boutiques, but some of them are also restaurants. And so showcasing food and the experience and specials and things like that drive foot traffic. Which drives business. The businesses I work with are of a different variety and type. And I think they require different needs to get the results they're after. And that is great. I love that we can all do so many incredible things, but our focus behind the scenes is to get good results for our clients, is to solve real problems. And I think you wanting to be truly impactful is going to make it easier to sell anyway. Now, with at least five to 10 offers, quote unquote, like out there, we announced that we were doing this to a very small group of people. We didn't make initially any workflows, any collateral, any anything for the client process until we sold at least one of those services and then Into the timeline of that client project, we built in extra time to ensure that we could build the proper experience that we wanted to deliver and ensure a quality experience for our clients. We didn't build it until we sold it. And I think that concept of pre-sales, people get in the course world all the time and they hear about it all the time there. But I don't necessarily think it's as talked about in the service side. And so it can be a really powerful tool for you to test new things because you can talk about the kinds of problems you want to solve and you can see what resonates with people before you commit to building out this entire back end. And I think so many people, especially starting out, focus on building all this background stuff that while powerful, literally matters zip Unless you have clients to put it through. And so waiting to build those client experience pieces until after they're sold, I think, is a really big game changer for people. And like I mentioned, we announced it very quietly to just a handful of people initially. And that group was initially clients only. So we took active clients people who were actively working with us in some other capacity, primarily our group coaching program. And we let them know that we were opening this side of our business again. (laughs) And we were excited about it. And we could do X, Y, Z things for them. And we'd love for them to be kind of the first in the door. Now, the thing I want you to remember is your warmest leads are the people who've already paid you. And I realize for those of you who are just starting out, you're like, but I never had a client. Okay, I get it. And for that, we will have to address some additional things. But for a lot of you, you've already started your business. You've already sold things. You've already had clients. And your warmest leads are the people who've already paid you. Hands down. And so especially an economic situation like the world is in right now, thinking about a service that is parallel to or the precursor or aftermath of the thing you're already doing makes it so much easier for you to continue to work with your clients in other ways and allow you to expand from there. Now I don't necessarily think that works forever for everyone. I don't necessarily think everyone wants to be in a retainer business and that is so fine. You do not have to do that. But if you're looking for the warmest group of people to sell to, it's the people you've already sold. It's the people you've already collected cash from. Now, I wouldn't normally suggest people build a website in their first 30 days of launching. You can, but I think a lot of people wouldn't know what to put on it. They wouldn't necessarily know what to say yet. And they'd end up using it as a distraction from them having the conversations necessary to get the clients in the door. And so that's generally why I don't say start here. That being said, I know websites are a long game. When they're SEO optimized, they can drive organic traffic. But it's not necessarily something that's going to immediately start ranking. And you may have to develop additional content for it to do the kind of thing you want it to do. That being said, I have seen kind of like a shift in the last six to nine months that has been really interesting that if done appropriately out the gate, people are getting results much faster than they used to from their website. And I think part of it is targeting and like very, very, very specific language. But most people, when they're starting out, they're so non-specific about the services that they're offering and who they're for, that it's very hard to rank. And so... If you haven't listened to, I recently talked about the future of marketing and online business. Go back to that. I talk about niching and I talk about when specifically to niche up or down and how you can do that separate from the service. And I think part of that foundational knowledge will be really helpful in this conversation because if you're going to have that wide menu initially, you're going to have to have a more specific person that you're talking to. Like that is part of the equation, but go listen to that other episode. And I think this will continue to carry that forward too, but continue with this one first. You can go back later. All right. All right. Okay. So with that disclaimer, we did build a new website in the first 30 days of launching. We launched in August of last year and in September of last year, we switched over the BP site. And we had a previous website. Okay. It was built on Squarespace 7.0. But part of it, was if we're going to sell websites, ours needs to look great. That was part of it. Not that you need to have a huge laundry list of clients or a massive portfolio, but the thing you're selling, you need to walk the walk. You know what I'm saying? And so if I was going to sell websites, I needed to feel really good about my own website (laughs) and that it was effective and helpful and allowed people to go down a specific journey, all of those things. And so think about a little bit about what you're offering and are you walking the walk there? Because I think it can end up being a situation where it's the son of the cobbler, you know, the story where like the cobbler makes shoes for everyone. But the cobbler's son kind of gets the short end of the stick, so to speak, and doesn't have shoes. So, how can you make sure that you're prioritizing yourself? Now, I'm not saying that you should do it at the cost of your clients, but this can be a great strategy to start. If you know you're great at a thing, focus on being greater (laughs) at that thing, doing a really great job at it, and then showing the results from your own stuff as proof for the kinds of things you can do for your clients. You can be your own case study. You don't have to have a portfolio to start. You don't. I didn't start with a portfolio either time. The first time I built the business or the second time. Could I have put portfolio on this new website when we launched it last September? Yeah. Yeah. Because I've been building websites for almost 20 years, and I have so many I could show. But I didn't want to start with a portfolio because most of y'all don't have one to start. And I knew it wasn't necessary. <laughs> like I knew we would spend a bunch of time on it, and it wasn't going to be the thing that was helpful. And so is it something we have added to over the last year? Yeah, when we've wrapped client projects, we're trying to add and make sure we're compiling those results. but. It's a small element in the grand scheme of things. I can still talk about client results without having a massive portfolio on my site. It is not always necessary. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I really wanted to focus on our services as the more primary means of working with us. Not because that was necessarily true from a financial perspective, like our business was up until this point was exclusively other things. <laughs> we were doing group programs and one-to-many offers with courses and and all those things and we had done services in the past, but had really only taken one on one clients, like very sporadically over the years. And so if we were going to do this again, I wanted to make sure that we were doing it in the way that our clients would. And so I significantly and on purpose downplayed the other ways you could work with us because I wanted to mimic and match as much as I could with what I thought would work for our clients. So with that being said, I led with our services front and center and, and made that really clear on our site. And the main call to action throughout the site was to book a consultation call with us, specifically a discovery call. And there's very intentional ways in which I went about doing this in various sections to ensure that that was the primary call to action, but that was a big part of it. Now, the first client we got was actually in that first month. I think we actually got two clients in the first month of doing and announcing this. Our first client was already a client because like I mentioned, we initially told only clients. And our second client was someone who had been paying attention for a very long time and was just really excited about this new way they could work with us. And I love that. Like so often people are already in your circle. Like they're already in your world and they just need to know that they have an opportunity. Like if you don't talk about what you do, people aren't going to know what you do. They might like you. They might think you're cool. They might think you have a great looking house or cute kids or go on fun adventures, but do they know what you do for work? And do they know how they could work with you? If you're not making those things obvious And sharing them again and again and again, then I think you're doing yourself a disservice. Now, I could have leveraged the podcast. I could have leveraged our social media in a more significant way. I could have done all sorts of things, but I specifically wanted to mimic and match a lot of what I thought you would have access to. And so we really did focus on this warm market. Now, the cool part was because we did the website early, we started seeing results within 90 days of launching it. And so now not just warm leads that were already in our circle were paying attention, but we started getting a significant portion of new leads via Google. And that was so cool. And I would say we booked at least three projects in the last year that they discovered us first by Googling us, not Googling us. They were Googling a problem. I want to do, da, 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 or I have an issue with, da, 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 da. and they were finding our stuff and landing on our site and realizing we could help and booked a call. And then we did amazing projects with them. Now, all three of those projects were between 16 and $25,000. And all three of those clients converted within one week to 90 days of learning about us for the first time, which is honestly nuts, honestly nuts, but really exciting. And really, I think speaks to the power of what you can do organically when you're intentional about the kinds of words that you're using on your site and presenting them in a way that clearly showcases what you do. So I do think Websites are a powerful tool, hence why we sell them, hence why we do them for clients. Now, by month four, we started narrowing in our services. Like I mentioned, we started with a lot. Uh, There was a breadth of things they could do with us. And by month four, we started focusing more specifically on strategy intensives that could lead into web design or web design. Now, were we still booking other project types by month four? Yes. But over time, we were slowly focusing on just those two things. In addition to what we were doing more for the group and more for one to many, because that was still a large portion of our financial makeup. And what we need to be doing to keep the business running. But we did narrow in on those services pretty significantly. And those strategy intensives went from being broad, we can talk about anything, to we narrowed it down to three main topics that we could get into in those specific intensives and things we could focus on that we knew would be really highly impactful, but would allow us to kind of like stay in our lane and make sure... We weren't having to reinvent the wheel every time we got a new client because those are very intense projects for us. And I wanted to make sure we were delivering the best caliber, like results for our clients. And so narrowing in on what the subject matter that we will cover could be made a really big difference. And so instead of it being broad and anything, it narrowed into pricing, specifically for scale. And web strategy and then messaging. Because I felt like those were the three things that we were the best at and could really lead someone effectively through a strategy intensive. Now, I didn't rush to change the website at this point. We had already built out the website and had those services pages up. And so it wasn't that I was taking things down or changing things up on the site. It was just about what we were leading with in conversations. When we were talking to people in discovery calls, when I I say we, I was the only one taking discovery calls. When I was talking to people in discovery calls, I was trying to see could they be a fit for the more narrowed services? And if not, then I was honest with them that I didn't necessarily think it would work and would give them a resource or send them in another direction. But if I thought they would fit in those buckets, then I was pitching the service that I felt was most appropriate for their needs. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. Now, when I was planning out this episode, I wasn't necessarily gonna even mention that this happened because I don't think... Very many people even know. I would venture to guess maybe less than 20 people on the planet know, but I think it's an important learning. And so I wanted to share. Last January, we started beta for a brand new service. It wasn't on our site, it wasn't in the list of things I had initially said that we could do really well that I had brainstormed before we even started offering anything. It was completely separate like nothing we had ever done before and would require that we hire to fulfill the service. Not because I didn't think I could learn how to do it myself, but I really wanted to ensure quality out of the gate. So we offered bookkeeping and CFO type services for a very select group of people. Now, here's the thing. It went so well. Like our clients loved it. We were delivering really top-notch books for people. I loved how specific we were able to break down their profit and loss statement. I really thoroughly enjoyed doing the work and giving people the CFO type advice that would help them better understand their financials because I love the numbers And this has been such an essential part of my growth, which is why I even wanted to experiment with it in the first place. But the thing was, we weren't ready. Could we have figured it out? Could we have done it? Absolutely. I either would have needed to step back significantly from the other areas of business that I was focused on for it to be successful Or I would have needed a large sum of cash to infuse the resources necessary to have the kind of people on my team to offer the caliper of service that I felt was necessary to make that an ongoing need. And the battle I specifically faced was the level of service that I wanted to provide was not industry standard. It was definitely next level for what you see typically in the bookkeeping and financial services realm. And I really wanted to make it affordable. I wanted to have a sliding scale. I wanted to be able to offer it to a large number of people. And I wanted to spend it off as its own company. Now, I'm still confident I could do it. I'm still confident I might do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it now. I'm not going to do it in this season. And for the reasons I mentioned, it was either going to take a large sum of my time or a large sum of cash. And I didn't have either of those things. I mean, I have the cash personally, but I didn't have the cash in the business. And so it would have meant deciding to not take a salary for a potentially large time frame, or infusing the business with a large lump sum, or attempting to get a loan, which is not easy as a woman-owned business. So anyway, all of that to say, I backburnered it. I refunded people money. I did it for a full six months for the clients that were in beta. I refunded a handful of people that I didn't think we as close of a fit for what I wanted to offer. And I shut it down and I sent people I highly respect in this industry business. And I referred my clients to them and they were more than willing to pay. And they both enjoyed the service and definitely wanted to continue working together. And I gave up that potential income because of the barriers that I saw facing that at scale. Could I have done it? Yes. Did it make sense for my background and the unique makeup of the business I had at the time? It didn't. And so I wanted to focus on what was best for the business. And it just reminded me again and again that, like, to start something, you either need time or money. And the reason you can go so far, so fast. With a service that you already have all the skills to perform at, is you don't have to go learn all of these things, i.e., you get to save all that time. You're no longer starting from zero. And so, if you're not starting from zero, but instead starting with all the experience you already have, you're getting the kind of results that someone would get two, three, five years down the line, maybe even a decade down the line, because you've already done the things. Maybe you did them working for someone else. Maybe you did them in this current business, but at a different scale, you have already learned the things. And so for the fastest results possible, you start with the thing you already have the most experience in, the thing you already have the most success in. And can you over time pivot away from that? Yeah, absolutely. Can you grow into other business models? For sure. Can you pursue different things? Yes, all of those things are possible, but for the fastest Results for the least amount of effort, you starting with things that you already have experience in are going to get you further faster. They just are. So I'm not mad I tried it. I'm not upset <sighs> with the time and effort I put into it, but it was a big distraction, like a big distraction last year, earlier this year, I guess. 2023. This was January of 2023 through June. So there was people in beta for six months. Now, all of that to say, outside of that beta offer, which I feel like kind of existed in its own bubble, in my opinion, we were taking on no more than three projects at the same time on the agency side of the business. Now, at three projects, this maxed my capacity. Between group programs and one-on-one work, I was well over 30% of my time working on client work. And as a CEO, I truly believe for an ethical team that is providing the kind of results that you want to provide going much beyond 30%, you're not able to effectively accomplish the other things you need to be doing in your business. Now, that being said, the majority of clients we work with, they start And they come to me and they're like, I'm already spending 80 to 90% of my time with clients. Like how on earth are you getting to 30%? And it takes some time to unravel those things. But I knew that I didn't have the room at this stage to go to 80, 90% before I backed down to 30. I could get to 30 and I had to stop, if that makes sense. Now, I did have team members that were spending as much as 50 or 60% of their time working on client projects. And I was aware of those things and I knew it would impact their ability to complete other work in the business. And so I was constantly keeping a pulse on where are they at with client work and what can they reasonably take on that supports other aspects of the business? And how does that affect timelines? Because they can still do this other work, they can still accomplish things for the business at large, but the time in which they could do it, it would take longer to get there. Because they were spending 50 to 60% of their time on other projects, which is fine. Totally fine. To create that ethical environment, you want to be monitoring capacity. It's a responsible thing to do. Now... Every time we did a project, we would meet as a team initially to discuss the needs of the client. And if there were aspects of the client experience that we hadn't previously built out that we were going to roll out with this client, and we always included those additions in the client's timeline so they knew what to anticipate. So some of our earlier client projects took longer than later client projects because we were building it while we were working with them which is normal and okay. And as long as you're setting expectations and effectively communicating with your client, they're generally fine. They just want to be communicated with. Now, every time we wrapped a project, we also debriefed and we would talk about specifically client fit. Did the client fit from a personality perspective? Did the client fit from a business industry perspective? How did onboarding go? How did the overall client experience go? How did offboarding go? Where can we improve? If we were to do this exact same project again, what would we do the same? What would we do differently? And what would we not do again? And we would go through this process every single time we had a client project, and it would allow us to make better decisions moving forward. Not only could I better assess on the front end, was someone a good fit for our services? I could also understand, were they going to get the kind of results they were after? We could also simultaneously be improving the client experience. And every single time we did a project, we improved the client experience. We didn't wait for some annual audit or we didn't go two years into it before we made changes. We evolved every single project. And so rather than tackling this entire client experience or workflow piece or you know this questionnaire or this thing you want to build out all in one season, which I think a lot of people try to do. We focused on improving in one area with every new project. It allowed us to do it in a more reasonable time span and it would actually get done. Rather than starting a bunch of things all at once and then never really finishing any of it, We were absolutely finishing every single thing we started because we were so intentional about not doing too many things at the same time. Now, over time, we took on less variety in those projects and we more clearly refined the process that we'd walk people through. We spent time developing tools like client questionnaires for both onboarding and offboarding. We built client hubs to store client deliverables and call replays. We created strategy documents that we could use as base templates for new projects. We made wireframe templates that allowed us to build the back end of a project quickly so we could focus on strategic copy that fit the formula we saw converting for clients. We leaned into only helping one type of client, not all at once, but with every conversation. We were really focused on what we were doing in certain aspects of a client's project. And rather than trying to answer every question, all the questions, all at one go, we were focused on delivering the right information at the right time, communicating with clients consistently. We tracked every new lead inside a lead tracker inside our project management system. We noted where people were on their sales journey, assessing conversion rates at various stages. And as clients onboarded, we would note their contracted sales amounts in a spreadsheet so we could better understand upcoming cash flow, not only when it was coming, but when it would fall off again so we could plan accordingly. I dedicated a whole year of my life to this experiment because it was so important to me to understand the unique needs and challenges of our clients. And while I've been highly successful in the past, I wanted to brush up on ways to make this more efficient, more effective, higher impact for our clients receiving our services and break through the rough spots. I'm making a pretty bold move. At this point, I have learned enough. I have done enough of the work. I could turn on the faucet. I could use everything I've built now and use additional strategies to book this out more. Build my business, scale that side of the business, grow the agency side, build in more team members. But I am so much more interested in seeing you be successful. Sure, I could leverage social, I could leverage paid ads, I could use more strength, trendy strategies, but instead I wanted to give you all the tools and all the strategies that got me here, everything that allowed me to build quickly and get to the point that I could successfully make the team profitable. I wanted to give you literally all the tools and all the strategies. Which is why I've been so focused on building the co op. I'm giving you the exact questionnaires I use for both onboarding and offboarding, I'm giving you the templates to share the strategies with your clients and share your process with your clients. I'm giving you the wireframes. I'm giving you the exact sales framework, the pitch decks, the follow-up scripts. I'm sharing the exact project management system I'm using. I'm giving you the spreadsheets. Literally every aspect I've used internally to speed up our process or get better results for clients, I have added to the co-op membership. And I'm so excited to be taking this even further. And I am providing an exclusive training of everything it took over the last year to co-op members. I'm breaking down the year, date by date, timeline by timeline, and giving you step-by-step directions, everything I did, showing you where to find all the tools and strategies that I've already built for you. Now, if you're interested in building your business further and taking it up a level and scaling, I would love to take that next step with you. I would love to give you access to all of these things. And so you can join me at bossproject.com slash untitled. I will share with you all of the details of this mission and everything I'd like to accomplish. And there you'll find a link to join the co-op. On the other side of a short opt-in, bossproject.com/slash untitled. You'll go to a new page. It's going to show you everything about the co-op. It's going to include a short training that you can watch if you would like that discusses all the details. But if you want access to all of those tools, if you want access to this exclusive training, then I want to invite you to become a co-op member. I have seen this grow so fast because you guys are seeing results, and it's so exciting to watch, and I want you to be a part of it. BossProject.com untitled. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy-to-customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics, we make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation.